Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls, code nogirls. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, and I hope you have been, we've got great news. We've just launched a brand new merch store. Go to tangodi.com slash store to find There Are No Girls on the Internet mugs, stickers, magnets, clothing in inclusive sizes, notebooks, and more. Just in time for the holidays. That's tangoti.com slash store. T-A-N-G-O-T-I dot com slash store. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. Almost 14 years ago, a court deemed pop icon Britney Spears unable to take care of herself, placing her in a conservatorship that stripped her of control of nearly every aspect of her life, including her finances, her ability to drive a car or use an ATM, or make decisions about her own body. Last month, a judge ruled to end that conservatorship. 
that Britney and her fans have long maintained was abusive and traumatic. Britney spoke up against the conservatorship to a judge. Here's what she had to say. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. And that we can sit here all day and say, oh, conservatorships are here to help people. Britney's release from the conservatorship was sparked in part by the Free Britney movement, spearheaded by Britney superfan Megan Radford. The movement began in 2009 and aimed to draw attention to the singer's conservatorship. Largely organized online, the movement was made up of fans and advocates from all over the world, pushing to end what they said was a predatory conservatorship, including a change.org petition for Britney's right to hire her own lawyer that got over 250,000 signatures. In Britney's first Instagram post after her conservatorship was voided, she wrote, The Free Britney Movement, you guys rock. Honestly, my voice was muted and threatened for so long, and I wasn't able to speak up or say anything. I honestly think you guys saved my life in a way, 100%. But even though Free Britney was a pretty successful movement, largely organized online, it hasn't really gotten the same kind of attention as other online movements. I sat down with Melissa Ryan, friend of the show, online organizing expert, and CEO and editor of Control, Alt-Right, Delete, a popular newsletter dissecting culture, extremism, technology, and the internet. So Melissa, you have been covering and following the Free Britney movement for a while, and I think that you have been covering it with a seriousness that I think it took a while for other folks to get to. What initially attracted you to, to this movement? Like, why were you following it so seriously? Well, I I start. I mean, I think I was aware of it for a while, and I thought of it just sort of like, oh, a thing that music fans are doing and is is somewhat interesting. Uh, but the New York Times documentary was really it was staggering to me both that this had been going on so long that they were able to get folks on so many folks on the record, but also that this online movement had been growing and building for some time and wasn't necessarily being taken seriously. Um, and there was, you know, they were clearly able to generate a lot of press stories. They were getting attention from other celebrities, but there just wasn't much sort of conversation among the serious people who love to talk about digital and tech things. Um, and then when uh, Spears did her first testimony in court, uh, a couple of things became obvious. One was her fans had clear, you know, this movement and her fans had clearly been part of what gave her the courage to speak up. Uh, and to demand to be heard in a public forum. Uh, but two, that the organizing had had worked, uh, that these folks, you know, whatever they were were trying to get, they had they had scored just a, a huge win because none of this, I think, would have happened without their years and years of, of rallying online. Um, and still they were sort of treated in the press like, oh, these conspiracy theorist fans or these folks that have, you know, no life. And it was very disconcerting because, uh, this was a, a huge win. I mean, you and I both work in politics. You don't get wins like this, like they, they got. Absolutely. I mean, I really kind of see it as one of those classic stories that we cover a lot on this show, where at first people are dismissed as, you know, oh, they're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about, all of that. And then they're kind of proven right. Um, and mm -hmm. I feel like the Free Britney movement is one of those stories where the most vocal folks were dismissed. Why do you think that is? Like, why was it so easy to discount these people? I think because a lot of her fans were women. And I think because a lot of her fans were LGBTQ. Um, and I think there was the perception that a lot of them were very young because we think of music fans being young. Although, you know, Britney, uh, Britney is 40 now, where I think she turned 40 last week. So it stands to reason that her fans are probably not as young. I, I doubt there are many teenagers that are listening to to Britney Spears, except in the context of like their parents' 90s station. Maybe I could be wrong. 
I do think there's this perception that the people who are rallying around her and who are really intensely interested in her are just teeny boppers online. And I, I think that speaks to how we belittle and cast aside people who are marginalized as, you know, just teenagers online or mm-hmm. just a bunch of women collecting online, as opposed to this movement that really was lifting up questions about, you know, disability justice, reproductive justice. I see this story as hitting so many intersections of the work that you and I do as progressive organizers, you know, lifting mm-hmm. up, you know, if somebody like Britney Spears can be mistreated in this way, what does that say for other people who might have disabilities? What does it say for other folks who want body autonomy and control over the reproductive choices? Um, you know, that that the second New York Times documentary that came out about Britney Spears, um, for me, was a real tech story about the surveillance apparatus that controlled mm-hmm. her in her home. You know, I, I think it's really fascinating how it took kind of a while for folks to get on board with talking about this story um, in a way that really highlighted those important issues. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to dig into uh, how folks who participated in this at various levels, uh, how her story resonated with them, whether it was the conservatorship angle, whether it was the reproductive freedom angle, whether it was the way that women so often get dismissed or there's when women get so much you know, access to capital and power, there are almost always efforts to try to take it away from them. Um, because I am guessing for a lot of folks, it's not just that they like Britney Spears music, uh, but they saw something or they related to, to something that was happening. In 2019, Britney's Graham a podcast dedicated to deep dives and close readings into Britney Spears' Instagram posts, received a voicemail from a paralegal who said he was connected to Britney's conservatorship. According to him, Britney was forced into a mental health facility against her will. This created a firestorm of new support for ending the conservatorship. These, you know, women who had started this podcast devoted to to Britney's Instagram, which I totally get. I now follow Britney's Instagram. And I love that it's like a combination of her dancing and middle-aged mom memes. I, I don't know. I just, I spend so much time on Britney's Instagram now. It's amazing. Just if we're going to have that little tangent, like I wish I had known about it years ago. Um, but, you know, and that they were, you know, because they had this podcast, you know, someone trusted them enough to, to leave them this voicemail saying, you know, I used to work for this law firm and something that's happening to her isn't right. Um, and just that they were able to build that much trust with people who were in her orbit just by, you know, being fans and the content they were creating. It's fascinating to me. It really is. I mean, I'm, I've been following her on Instagram for a while and I love it. I love her spinning dance moves. Love it. And even after the conservatorship has been lifted, just she's using her Instagram to document these little things that I take for granted, like she made a post about getting to have an iPad and and yeah. how that how free that made her feel. And I think she, I think it does an interesting job of illustrating what you know what the abuse of people who have disabilities can look like. Where it's like the mm-hmm. little things that she didn't get to have access to, didn't get to just yeah. like be able to be on her iPad. Um, I think it can or, really put a, a a a face or an image on these issues. Or withdraw cash from an ATM. That was one of them where she talked about being able to get $300 from an ATM. And it's just sort of, you're so happy that she has that now, but it's like, oh my God, 13 years of not being able to live as an adult while you were earning the money to pay all of your captors. Let's take a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. 
It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls code nogirls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. 
In the final days of Britney Spears' conservatorship, something strange started to happen. Extremist right-wing lawmakers like Florida Congressional Representative Matt Goetz started speaking out on her behalf. Matt Goetz, while in the middle of an ongoing sex trafficking investigation, spoke at an in-person Free Britney rally. I really didn't understand what was happening. But Melissa says extremists co-opting cultural moments for their own agendas is nothing new. One of the things that you really did a nice job of pointing out is this weird thing that happened where at the height of the Free Britney movement, when there was all this uh, momentum, we saw all of these right-wing, far-right extremists and trolls, I guess I would say co-opting it. There was this time where Matt Getz was speaking at a Free Britney rally. and I showed up at a rally! What do you like? What do you think was going on with that? Like, what was happening? That was something I remember seeing that in my newsfeed and being like, my brain can't even comprehend what this is. I need to just move on. Like, what what was that? I mean, I think I tend to think of Matt Gates as a professional troll and sometimes congressman. Like, once in a while, he shows up to work at Congress, but most of the time, he seems to be like, where can I get the most attention for myself? Which is why he like goes to Wyoming to campaign against Wiz Cheney and. Uh, you know, the Free Britney rally. And so I, I think he just saw a moment and was like, how can I exploit it to get attention for myself? Um, and I think more broadly, that's sort of what the far right does. They don't really build culture. They steal culture. Um, you know, it's like you see they try to appropriate everything from Pepe the Frog, from you see them with, with Karen and with Free Britney, they saw an opportunity. Um, and it, one of the, the most amusing things to me was when her her lawyer, um, we should definitely talk about the lawyer, too, because that guy just looks like Atticus Finch. Like they just pulled him out of central casting. But when her lawyer was talking after the conservatorship ended and he very specifically said, everyone from the far right to the left is uh, supporting Brittany now. And I do appreciate how her lawyer like took advantage of the fact that, you know, everybody and their mother was sort of glomming onto his client. Yeah. Do you, do you think that we're going to see more of that kind of thing? Like, is that, is that a common tactic of extremists to just, Whatever conversation is happening, how can I jump into that conversation and co-opt it for my own, you know, my own fucked up agenda? Yeah, I mean, you see it a lot. And again, like they're these folks, especially ones who are elected, who I think, you know, I'm especially obsessed with like these extremists who've managed to get themselves elected to office. They don't really have any interest in serving their constituencies. They really are like constantly auditioning for Fox News, for Trump to try to create viral moments for themselves. So, you know, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene was another one who all of a sudden cared about Free Britney. Um, There was a congressman in South Carolina who did um, a Free Britney bill about reproductive, uh, about not being able to force someone to have birth control. Probably not realizing that. I know, I know. I was like, oh, dude, you're so close. So (laughs) close. You have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of that with pop culture moments. And we've been seeing it. I mean, how many movies uh, that star women and people of color have the right freaked out about? Um, you know, you see that with with so much culture. And again, like they're, they're too lazy and too not creative to create their own culture. So when it comes to culture, like they're always going to try to steal it. Yeah, that's something I, I, I've really been stuck on is the way that pop culture and things that we used to think of as like, you know, diversions, how that has kind of become a new battlefield. I guess I won't say new battlefield, but just another battlefield to have mm-hmm. these wars play out on and, th- and to have people try to make a name for themselves. Like I think about the whole controversy around the movie Cuties, things like that, where mm-hmm. we're no longer having conversations about the film, the art, whatever. It's just a proxy 
for mm-hmm. people to co-opt this conversation and to make sure that the only chatter around it is in bad faith. I think there's such an anger on the right because culturally, you know, politically and in terms of raw political power, they they are winning. They're winning big time. I don't think there would be any debate there. But in terms of pop culture, they're losing, I think, worse than they've ever lost. Uh, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, all of these entertainment conglomerates, they're working hard to have more diverse voices. Uh, You're seeing more writers of color, more casts of color. You know, we're not where we need to be, but it's certainly better than, you know, when you and I were young people. And they're just not able to create the same sort of pop culture moments the way that they have been with like if you think back to like the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson if you think the things that the parent television council would get upset about you know it's just very hard to get folks to care and corporate America has figured out for better or worse there's good and bad to this but they have figured out that more diversity and more inclusion makes them more money because they're reaching more audiences so the right is just not going to have that mass media power that they have been used to having and they don't have the ability to influence conversation through mass media the way they have in the past. That's such an interesting point. I could see a lot of folks on the right. Yeah. That the, that the understandable reaction to that is rage. Like, I, like I don't have the influence in this space I used to, so I'm going to rail against it if I, or co-opt it if I can. It, it's all mm-hmm. so disingenuous. And it's like, as you said, it's not, it's not creating culture. It's not, it's not creating culture to co-opt a- another movement. It's not creating culture to, you know, turn a, a, f- a piece of film or a piece of art or a television show into a proxy war for your, yeah. you know, rage to play out in. It's it's in the absence of creating culture. I feel this is all they have. Yeah. Kind of sad when you put it that way. It It is sad. And I actually don't think we recognize enough just how badly the right is losing the culture war. And again, that's because they have so much power politically, but it's an interesting disconnect and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So I guess one of my last questions for you is as an online organizer and somebody who cares about the Internet, are there takeaways that you see that we can glean from this, you know, pretty, I would say, successful free Britney online organizing moment? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can't underestimate the power of internet movements to create not just political but cultural change. Um, I think, yeah, well, we've we talked about how we're going to continue to see the right like try and fail to co-opt things like this. Um, but mostly, I just hope that uh, I I want to see what these folks who are involved in Free Britney do next. There was a lot of talk. Uh, when I've seen quotes in the press of we're going to get more involved in getting the conservatorship law changed and uh, reproductive rights. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what the hardcore folks do around it. Um, and then I'm also I'm kind of interested to, you know, Britney Spears is someone who's had a career of not being political. Like, I think you you know, she's from a red state. She uh, is very careful, I think, and always and how she talks about politics and, and, and issues. Like, I think she's been very smart about that in her career. So it'll be interesting to see what she ends up doing if she wants to be um, an advocate for disability rights uh, or for women's rights. She may not want to. And by the way, she has every right to just live her life and not be the leader of a movement. But if she wants to do more with it, she clearly has a community that's ready to engage with her. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. And and I'm with you. I think I'm one of those people that if there's one thing I believe in, it is the power of women and LGBTQ folks and people of color who are fired up and have access to the internet and social media. Like big things are possible. Things I never, there's so many things in a million years I would have never thought I would see. But because 
somebody had the internet, they were able to make it happen. Somebody had the internet and a voice. And I think this is a great example of the power of that. And, and you know, especially now when we're all kind of living our lives online more and more because of COVID, I think it's going to be an exciting time to see how that bears out. Yeah. So where can folks keep up with all the amazing work that you're doing, Melissa? Sure. Well, I am on Twitter at Melissa Ryan. Um, I also have uh, my newsletter, Control Alt Right Delete, which is free and comes out every Sunday. Uh, you can either find that uh, in my Twitter bio, or you can go to controlaltrightdelete.com. Control Alt Right Delete is the most, I mean, I get so many newsletters. It's like the most useful newsletter. It's like if I want to know what's happening on the internet and like what I should know, it's the most useful newsletter. So folks should definitely sign up. Oh, uh, that means so much, especially coming from you. That's awesome. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.